All right, so we're back because we're still talking about open source. And we were running a little long last time. And we were kind of wrapping up with benefits. I had to pee really bad. Damn it, Ben. (laughs) Well, we were wrapping up with the benefits of creating your own open source project. And to kind of like circle back to that, we left off talking about how you could, you know, monetize and all that mm-hmm. stuff. We didn't really Good get portfolio. In, yeah, yeah. We didn't really get into any of the drawbacks of creating your own open source. And projects. there are drawbacks. There are a lot. Despite the wonderful marketing campaign that's been going on for years about open source is this happy land of unicorns and rainbows where everything's perfect. There are a lot of drawbacks. Yeah. And one obvious one, we kind of touched on it, but it's like the maintenance overhead. Mm -hmm. You're now, you have the responsibility to maintain and update this for the unforeseeable future. Yeah. Because the second you create something that people start using, you're kind of stuck. Well, and if you just disappear on it, they're going to be pissed. Yeah, that too. And it doesn't take a lot for... you don't want angry nerds. Right, we're the worst. We'll egg your home page. They'll hack you. <laughs> People are really quick to to shout, "Oh, this project is dead because it hasn't gotten an update in three weeks." Yeah, and so it's it's not a small thing, and there's a lot of overhead and a lot of expectation once your project gets popular. I had someone call my Discord server dead. I was like, whoa, time out. Just because people don't chit-chat, we only talk about things when people need help. That is a healthy server. <laughs> like, I'm not here to just, like, chit-chat about your grandma. Like, You're always there to chit-chat about someone's grandma, Jacob. <laughs> only my grandma because she's in my server. <laughs> you have a channel in your server called GILF. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, so you have that responsibility and then you also, you public scrutiny. Yeah. It's not an easy pill to swallow. No. It sucks. No. You can handle it. It is not the best for your self-confidence and self-worth. That's well, the good, the good part about being called an idiot is it's easier to be called an idiot or a moron the thousandth time. Yes, than that's the true. first time. So you might as well start getting. By then you've them. accepted it. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I, I know. <laughs> you're not fighting it anymore. You just like, accept. Guys, I've never claimed to be smart. Never, not once. <laughs> Stop. Look, I checked, and my grandma did, in fact, drop me on my head multiple times. It's. <laughs> they also fed me alcohol for teething. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they thought lead paint chips was a good teething tool, but whatever. Delicious. <laughs> Another big drawback is licensing issues. And these can come in a myriad of forms. There's always the possible misuse or misinterpretation of licenses. And you always have to be on top of enforcing those because hashtag not a lawyer. But every time you don't defend your license and you don't enforce that license, it gets easier and easier for people to argue that you're not enforcing it and that, you know, to come after us, you'd have to come after all these other people Mm -hmm. too. That's one of the reasons why you see bigger companies like Disney or Nintendo or EA or, you know, all of these companies 
somebody gets a square enix is another one um somebody has a minor infraction minor fan art you know whatever and they start going after those people aggressively it's not so much usually because screw you in particular but if they let people start encroaching upon that line and misusing the license then the line gets blurry and when somebody comes after it maliciously and misuses the license it's harder for them to enforce it yeah you don't want to allow a precedent to be set basically yes that's exactly what it is and so there's always those issues another big issue is security because one of the bad things about public code is if security if there are vulnerabilities that are found everyone sees everyone sees them pretty quick and they'll be exploited mercilessly yes that's a major concern with blockchain projects for example when they use smart contracts smart contracts are cool because they are open source you can see them you can see how they work and the bad part about that especially in the early days of blockchain You can see how they're miswritten. You can see how they're miswritten and you can see the vulnerabilities. And there were a couple of smart... I'm trying to remember which bank it was. But there was some bank back in our DevSlopes days, back when blockchain was getting popularized, back in Mm 2018-ish. They released a smart contract. There was a problem with the smart contract. And within an hour, the bank had lost literally billions of dollars through hackers mm-hmm. who just looked at the smart contract said hey there's a problem here and i'm gonna exploit it yeah and took everybody's money that's wild dude and so while it might not be as severe if your open source project has vulnerabilities and this is one of the reasons why the whole gatekeeper thing and the pull requests is so important is when you've got an average nobody knows them person injecting code into your code base you want to make sure it's not malicious and they're not opening up vulnerabilities on purpose or you end up getting a trojan in a docker image i still don't know if i haven't talked about that (laughs) i still personally think they did it's just a creative monetization strategy (laughs) you think that you wouldn't you would like push the server resources to kind of get a feel for what you can do and then dial it way back oh yeah for sure that'd be the smart way like spike once to just to see what the limits are and then back down because you don't want to be detected right so you hang out at around 20 percent because 20 percent is better than zero yeah and then you're like wow my project that isn't popular that yet must really use resources (laughs) you know how node.js doesn't scale very well (laughs) it's also built on a whole bunch of libraries so hmm <laughs> that is true so yeah security is it's a big thing yeah for sure now we've talked a lot about creating open source projects what they are and contributing and now the fun stuff <laughs> this is where most people come in using <laughs> using the open source projects one it's cost of cost efficient right because it's free or very low cost, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually not something that's super pricey. Sometimes it is, but again, licensing different companies, the whole yeah. nine yards. It can also be extremely flexible because you've got the source code, and if the license allows for it, 
then you can modify that code to suit whatever specific needs you have. It gives you a really solid framework and it lays the groundwork for here is something that is 90% of what I need. Mm -hmm. I don't have to build it all from scratch. In fact, like plausible, hard-coded the default username and password for Postgres <laughs> Yep, all throughout their project. I am not going to spin up their project. I had to go through and spin up my forked <laughs> version. In here to add uh, some post comments, just because I really like Plausible. I recently checked out their project again and they added environments and this is no longer an issue. So I just wanted to throw that out there. We need because what they have just without the virus. I don't like using my resources and money for someone else's crypto, crypto buy <laughs> <laughs> or miner. Like, no, not happening today, Junior. Yeah. Pay for college with a real job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, so you've got that flexibility and that can be really important. Another big one is community support. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have a community around anything that you're involved with, if you're in, like, it's just a good thing because you have a lot to learn. You have a place to ask questions. And usually there's just good information all around, like how to properly use a product or project you know yeah and with open source projects the people that are typically hanging out in the chats and the comments and in the issues and issue trackers like github's issue reporting they typically have the technical knowledge to have an intelligent conversation about what's going on mm -hmm. and offer some helpful advice that kind of thing yeah they're in the trenches or wrote the code yeah where if i have a problem with some say I was using some kind of photo editing software that nobody uses. No, it's more of a niche thing. And it was a, I paid 20 bucks for it instead of paying the Adobe tax. Then the people who are going to be in their community and in their support forums are either going to be not very skilled help desk workers who aren't going to give you a ton of help or other confused users who have no idea what's going on. Right. And so the community support around open source projects is a lot more helpful and a lot more meaningful than what you're going to find in other places. So there's the community support. Transparency is a big one. You can know what's in the code that you're using. This is something that I forgot to mention with the drawbacks of creating open source projects that kind of plays into this is you do need to be aware and with the license enforcing, you need to make sure that you're protecting yourself from having your stuff just flat out stolen, unless that's your intent. There are a whole bunch of companies who are out there just tracking open source projects that are popular, waiting to steal it because they yeah. will. But a lot of big name companies still. <laughs> right? <laughs> that starts with a M and Ryan rhymes with Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think anyone will figure this out. <laughs> this puzzle will not be solved. <laughs> it's a toughie. Um, but anyways, transparency can be a really good thing. And you know what's in the code that you're using. You can debug problems. You can see what's going on. And you can sleep soundly knowing, hey, me using this is not going to have a negative effect 
on my business or my product. Mm -hmm. And the biggest benefit that is my personal favorite, and I'm going to rant here for a second, is What's new? safety. What's new is... About you ranting. That's hurtful, <laughs> I'd be a lot more hurt if... I had feelings. If I had feelings anymore. <laughs> uh, but safety is a just big Just one thing. round of bug reports and he doesn't have feelings anymore. It's true. <laughs> If your one round lasted a year, yes. <laughs> um, but safety is a big part of open source projects. And that's where my security in using them comes from. Because especially when you're using FOSS, which is free and open source software, you're guaranteed that the licensing won't change. Whereas if you're using proprietary software that's not FOSS licensed, the terms can change and can negatively impact your business in a very real way. A very recent example is one of the biggest game engines on the planet, Unity. Unity Technologies, they recently made an announcement where they, they are a proprietary software company. They build an engine that's used by over 50% of the games in existence. Like most, most games on the market were built in Unity. It's extremely popular. And out of nowhere, they have been, they have been subscription based for as long as I can remember. And it's been fairly cheap. And it's, if you make X amount of dollars, then for each license you pay this much. They bumped up their licensing fee. And on top of that, they decided every download of your app or game that you built in Unity, we're now going to charge you, the developer, 20 cents. Which, for anybody who doesn't suck at math, that's going to add up really quick. Mm -hmm. And there were a whole bunch of games and game studios who came out and said, with this new fee, we can't afford to be open. Like, we're going to have to shut down our business because Unity just woke up one day. And I mean, it was, it was a lot more involved than that. And there's no, a lot of evidence. It was just they just woke up and <laughs> like, $2,000 a license and 20 well, cents a download. It was if, if, you're, if your business... I had a dream how to double our <laughs> revenue. <laughs> brought to you by the former CEO of EA who wanted to charge you a dollar per clip in Battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's called bullet control. It's very wise. <laughs> if only they'd implement it in schools. <laughs> Yikes! Um, but anyways, they just decided, hey, we're gonna shift the whole business model that we have, and we're gonna shift our pricing. And there's jack shit that anybody can do about it. And I personally believe that free and open source software is going to be the future of at least game engines because this whole thing rocked everybody who uses unity to their core mm -hmm. they had to call into question like if your if your business made two hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue that is not profit that is i put out a game and i collected two hundred thousand mm dollars -hmm. every person in my company who uses unity has to have a license 
to use Unity. Mm-hmm. And every one of those licenses was going to cost $2,000 per month. You have a game studio of seven people, and they all have to use Unity, and your $200,000 a year revenue company now has $14,000 a month in licensing plus twenty cents for the first million downloads, which is where it started to taper down, and then you paid progressively. Oh, they give a discount after a million downloads. That's really sweet. (laughs) Yes, but do the math on that: twenty cents times a million, two hundred (laughs) thousand. Right. So after two hundred thousand dollars in download fees and fourteen thousand dollars a month, wild. You can't run a business anymore. No. And this just blindsided all of these people who've been building on Unity for years. And it broke the trust. The thing is, like, the majority of Unity, people that use Unity as a game engine are small indie game devs. Yes. And that's why all of these people were having to shut down. Because all the big AAA studios, most of them are using Unreal Engine. Yeah, or their own, or their own proprietary yeah. engine, or there are there are a ton of different options, but yeah. you know they're not on Unity. Right. Unity has typically been more geared towards indie developers. So what you're saying is you really like Unity. I yep, I loved it absolutely. But anyways, my point is, with free and open source software, that doesn't happen. One, it's free, so they're not charging you anything. Mm-hmm. Two, Godot, for example, I could take. Godot as it stands today, I could slap a new icon on it and call it Ben's Super Fun Engine and start charging $200 for a license for it, and nobody can stop me. Mm -hmm. If they ever did something crazy like that and said, hey, we're going to start charging for it, and here's an outrageous fee, I just take the last free version of it, take that and run, and build off of it myself. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't even have to do that because... It's open source. There are tons of contributors who wouldn't agree with that. And they would fork it and it would just become a separate project. Speaking of Godot and indie game development, let's put Ben on the spot and be like, why haven't you made any YouTube tutorials? Because I'm the worst and my children are chaos. (laughs) Come on. We want Ben to start his YouTube channel. Everyone tell him. All three of our listeners. Hey, just kidding. We I'm have kidding. more listeners than your YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, oh! I'll tell you where to stick that. <laughs> Go ride your unicorn. It's a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Go ride your horse. It's a unicorn. <laughs> but anyways, my point is, using FOSS stuff like that, it adds a lot of protection. It, yeah, for sure over I'm using proprietary software because Unity is the bad guy here. But Unreal Engine... Oh, and there was another engine. I'm blanking the name of it. You had talked about it I should have looked it up and I forgot to look it up. But there was an engine that I talked about in a previous episode where they just straight up said, hey... They closed their doors overnight. We're shutting down. You have a week to get off. All of your licenses are revoked. You can't build on us anymore. Okay, thanks. Bye. And people had paid license fees already to this company yeah that's wild and so they can just do that and unity's the bad guy here but 
Epic Games, who makes Unreal Engine, they could just wake up one day and say, hey, you know what? We're going to do the same We're thing. We're going to do the same thing because we've got a bunch of AAA studios and they're making shit tons of money. Yeah. So I'm going to do the exact same thing and make bank. They could mm-hmm. and nobody could stop them. But with FOSS software, you can't and you're protected and your business is protected. Your model is protected and you're not going to have to pivot this hard immediately because somebody else made decisions about their business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an important lesson. Yeah. So there are lots of benefits to using open open source source, projects, but there are some drawbacks. Yeah. And so like we did say that like support is awesome, right? Yep. But so support is awesome when you get it. Yes. But it might not, they might not be very dedicated or responsive either. So there might not be any support. Well, and if you're having an issue where it's a big complicated thing, there's no guarantees that anybody's going to be like, yippee, I'd love to bang my head against a wall for a week and a half. Exactly. So you might be stuck figuring it out and being the contributor that has to fix it. Yeah. If you actually want to. So support can be a major drawback. It can be iffy. Yeah. Stability is another big thing. Projects can be abandoned or might not be regularly updated. So with proprietary software that's you're getting charged for and all that stuff, there's typically a pretty consistent update cycle, release cycle kind of Mm -hmm. thing where bugs are going to be fixed. You know, there's going to be updates, that kind of thing. Open source, there's not that guarantee. Right. You don't know when it'll happen unless you're the one fixing it, right? Yep. There's a JavaScript library that I'm blanking the name now, but it was used for a lot of time-based things and dates for years. Mm -hmm. And the creator of that library finally just decided, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to update this anymore. And I couldn't find anybody to take on the project. So this is the last release from this point on. Best of luck. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. And that can happen. And that can happen. And But in a lot of cases, if you really care about the project, you could probably reach out to that guy and he'll give you... Yeah. He'll give you the keys. Yep. He'll give you the keys to the push. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can also have uh, just integration challenges. Um, it might not play nice with other software or proprietary anything that you're doing yep so you might have to create your own workarounds or be prepared to find other options yeah and another big drawback is the learning curve because no two projects are identical and especially with open source projects you've typically got unless you have a really strict style guide and policies for pull requests you're looking at potentially hundreds of people's code Mm-hmm. And so everything everything might not always be clean. Everything might not always make sense. And so opening up an open source project, it's not like there's a clear cut, hey, this is how I update this and I fix this. It usually requires understanding of the code base for deep customization, and that can be a major pain. And then you have your misconceptions yeah. of open source. There are lots of them. So open source means it's free. 
Not well, necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> so while many open source projects are available for free, open source though, it's referring to the licensing and availability of the source code, not necessarily the cost. Yes. So some open, pro uh, some open source projects may have commercial versions or offer paid services and support. So this is why you'll sometimes see people specify free as beer. Yeah, and that free as in beer usually means, hey, you can take this and there's no expectations of payment or expectations mm -hmm. of anything. And they go and specify that so you know. Open source is kind of like a museum. And in, in this way, you can walk into a museum and you can look at the painting. You can see the painting. That doesn't mean you get to pick up the painting and walk out. <laughs> like, you know, open source doesn't necessarily mean it's free. Go ahead and take it, guys, and you can use it. However, mm -hmm. it's just a licensing and auditing tool. Yes. So another misconception is that open source software is less secure. And I, I've never really understood this argument because... I, I don't, I definitely don't understand this argument because there's more eyes on it and there's way more like public scrutiny yeah like the biggest thing is it's more vulnerable to attacks because everyone because can everyone see can ever see under the hood hate to break it to you people can find your vulnerabilities without seeing your code yeah it's there's whole fields around this and you don't need to see jack squat yeah. to find vulnerabilities exactly so i would argue it's more secure than uh, most proprietary softwares because I've seen inside of some of those code bases and there's a lot that people get away but with. But like now if like 12 year old Johnny is throwing together a API and just has it public and calls it an open source project. Yeah. There's probably some. Sure. You, <laughs> you want to look, <laughs> you want to look at the activity on yeah. this open source project. You want to see contributors, bug reports, issues, issue tracking, that kind of thing. And if it's a, here's a repo out in the abyss, mm -hmm. then, you know, take it or leave it. You're taking your chances. Yeah. But if it's a bigger open source project, there's a pretty good chance it's very secure. Yeah. And whether it's open source or not, I, I worked at a company in the past. There was a vulnerability in one of their applications for SQL injections from the sign in page of their application Ooh, that's a bad spot to it's a really bad spot for it and i pointed <laughs> it out and they were like oh it's we've been using this for over a decade and that's never happened so six months later it happened <laughs> and it wasn't me should have been but it wasn't <laughs> um but anyways my point is that sql injection vulnerability was there whether it was open source or not right and because it wasn't open source and because caught. people weren't looking at it and going hey i'm using this for my company and this is sketchy yeah yep exactly it didn't get addressed until it cost a company literally tens of thousands of dollars in damages yeah so open source software i would argue is typically more secure if you're going with the right kind of project i agree and then uh, like a great transition is uh, open source software is inferior in quality. Yeah. Hands down a thousand percent guaranteed. The review process 
on PRs in an open source project is a lot more than most companies with internal coding. Yes. <laughs> As someone who reviews PRs for a little bit. <laughs> except. <laughs> Drinking my coffee. Except, except, except. It is 11.30 p.m. Screw you, except. We're going live tomorrow, Friday afternoon. <laughs> but I, uh, I like, they, they're held to a higher standard. You're in the public eye. Yeah. Like, no one's letting junky code through. Yeah. That's, that's true. Another common misconception is that open source projects lack support. And that comes from a lot of people don't understand why would people be contributing for free? You know, I raised this issue a year ago and there hasn't been a response. I mean, going back to Godot, because it is a large open source project, there are lots of issues that are raised and people say, hey, this is working in this way and I don't think it should. And it doesn't gain any traction because the project managers don't agree or nobody wants to pick it up or whatever. And then they say, this project is dead. It lacks support. Nobody's working on this thing. Sometimes that happens. And sometimes you have a large open source project that doesn't have support. Mm -hmm. But sometimes what you're looking to fix is just low priority. Right. And that's what it always is, is it's, a prioritization thing mm -hmm. and it's hey if i if it's between here's a major issue in the physics engine and sometimes when i use this special kind of font the lowercase r gets kind of finicky priority is going to the physics engine even though that r one is probably really important to you yeah it's that's the key is it's important to you yeah not the project. Right, exactly. So keep that in mind and be thankful that project exists. Yeah. And fix it. Fix it. Yep. Like you can <laughs> you always want, contribute. You want to complain about nobody's working on this? Cool. Fix it. Yeah. Man. That's always one that uh, cracks me up when people complain. Like, guys, jump in. They, they need the help. <laughs> I'm a developer, but I refuse to develop. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's a great um stride into the one of the last of one of our last misconceptions is open source is only for developers it's not true like, that's not a misconception just, just <laughs> so like yes developers are a significant part of an open source community but like it varies like we were saying in the first part of this from documentation design marketing and you know even more and it doesn't even end there because you have the open source principles being applied to even more areas now, like hardware, um, data, and even like now educational resources. Like well, you can learn even, almost everything now for free. Even just the end products. Yeah. Like people can think, oh, you have to be a developer to use this open source project. You don't. Yeah. There are tons of, right off the top of my head, there are three or four Microsoft Office replace, replacements that are open source mm -hmm. that you can just go download. Blender. Yeah, Blender. So 3D modeling, an amazing 3D modeling yeah. tool. It's up and coming and disrupting everything that's been going on in 3D art for a long time. Mm -hmm. And at first it was, hey, this is just for hobby stuff. And now it's turning into a serious competitor for Maya and... In some cases, depending on what you're using it for, ZBrush. 
but it's open source. And there are tons and tons of people who use it every day who are not developers. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It, it's crazy. It's so cool to see stuff like that. So yeah, like open source is a powerful movement in the software world. Um, it, it's, it has its challenges and huge opportunities because not only does it benefit us as developers, it benefits artists and everyone. Everybody. Now. Yeah. Cause there's so many open source platforms. I can't think of them all off the top of my head right now, but there's a lot of good tools out there that you can just mm -hmm. use for free. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, if there's anything you can learn from this very long episode. I mean, that's fair, but open source but is important. explore open source and try to contribute if you can. Yeah, and sometimes that's not always, hey, you got to do work. Sometimes it's just, hey, here's 10 bucks to buy somebody a cup of coffee yeah. to keep this thing running. Or like help them market it. Yeah. Like you don't have to be a developer. There's so many bring ways to- Bring awareness to it. Yeah. Bring awareness. Talk about it. Write a blog post about some yep. awesome tool you just found. How much it sucks because yeah. nobody responded to my issue. <laughs> but yeah, um, get into it. This actually like makes me like- I'm horrible at contributing to open source projects, but I have done it and it, it is, it's a cool experience. Yeah. Boom, boom.